Well, ladies and gentlemen, it happened again uh, just yesterday over in the USA. Another bank has gone down heavily. It hasn't quite collapsed yet, but it is down 96% from its peak in terms of its stock price. But actually, this is one of the banks, it was number two on my list, which I said is very likely to have a major problem, could even collapse. In fact, let's just recap over those videos for a moment here, and then let's get into exactly what is happening and what the fallout could be and, and where this is going. But the other thing is you've got to look at the exposure, because remember, each time a bank goes down, they usually have some sort of exposure with other banks. So I'm just going to give you a list of 10 banks then, which I think could have some exposure to Silvergate. And in fact, even better, I'm going to put these 10 on screen now for you so that you can see these for yourself. So number one is Customers Bank Core Inc. Number two is First Republic Bank. That's out of San Francisco, California. Now we've also got another issue developing. So this is the one I talked about. And this is First Republic Bank. It is looking like it could collapse. And if we just look to the shared screen here, this is FRC, this is First Republic Bank. And you can see where the share price is as of recording today. It has absolutely dropped off a cliff. It's not the only one though. We also have PacWest Bank called PACW, which follows a very similar pattern right now. But just before we get into the banking aspect, the global risks are in a worsening situation, as you can see from this trend here. So we have high risk levels right across these economical indicators right now, signaling that we are in for some tough times as we move forward. So what has actually happened here then? What is going on? And why do you need to be concerned or should I say more focused on your finances right now? Well, as usual, I've made a few pages of uh, detailed and summarized notes for you so that you don't need to watch hours of news and other content. We've got it all here. So first and foremost, you remember when I made those videos right at the start of March. So we're going back about six, seven weeks here now. I talked about how this contagion effect had not actually been contained and how, surprise uh, as usual here, but the leaders of the relevant countries, as well as the Fed, um, the Treasury Secretary, the Governor of the Bank of England, uh, ECB, etc., they are simply not telling the truth about this situation. And I would go as far as to say they are deliberately lying and manipulating the public and not telling them the true risk of their uh, savings, their bank accounts and all this other um, things around this, not to mention bail-in law and the sheer weakness of these banks. So we covered that in previous videos. We won't go over it again because that summary there is enough. But if you remember back in early March, we had SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, collapse. We had Signature Bank collapse, we had Silvergate Bank collapse. And the reason I'm sort of linking First Republic to these three banks that previously collapsed and how I identified First Republic was because I was looking at these high net worth individual 
banks. So the reason they're quite different to your mainstream normal banks is because when they look after the money of wealthier clients, you tend to have a higher ratio of deposits that sits above the FDIC ratio. So that is your federal uh, deposit program. It's your insurance on that currency. So we saw that happen. What did we see next? Well, we saw deposits plunge of $72 billion or 41% just in the first quarter of this year within First Republic Bank, which is the, the bank we're going to be focused on today. You've now actually seen somewhere in the region of 100 billion of outflows right now. That's quite key for a bank of this size because it really weakens their position. And now you can see why the share price is tanking so much because they've just made a lot of mistakes is my opinion at that bank, but so have a lot of others. Through my analysis, there's at least 50 other banks, if not 100 other banks, that have done exactly the same thing. They've taken on all of these loans or they've made these loans, long-term loans, mortgages, etc when financing was very cheap. So people have locked in, maybe you watching here, congratulations if this is you, you may have locked in a sub 3% 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Now, that's a problem for the banks now because they're holding all of these low profitability MBS, mortgage-backed securities, at a time when we're now having these higher interest rates where they want to start and they were very slow off the mark to actually capitalize on this. So another thing they weren't doing where you saw all of these other banks getting ahead of the trend and start offering higher interest rates on savings accounts, First Republic weren't doing that. So what they were seeing was a compounding effect uh, or converging as it were of the outflows because of the risk but also the outflows because they just weren't offering um, good enough rates on savings. So we saw these two things happening at the same time. There's at least 20, 30 of the banks I could name right now that have done this same thing. So there is risk level there as well. Now, as a result of this, on Monday, in one single day, when the results came out, First Republic shares dropped by almost 50 percent in a single day. At the end of day, it was 49.37 percent. That was the lowest level ever and down 87 percent just this year so far. But actually, if you take it back to, say, October of 2021, which was their peak, the share price is actually down 96 percent. Hence, the collapse of the bank. It's very rare that a bank can recover from a drop, a collapse of this sort of level. Now, they're taking all sorts of approaches at the moment, which I honestly don't think are going to work long term. They're cutting staff, they're cutting costs, they're cutting all of these other expenses. They're, they're reducing their workforce by 25% in order to increase profitability. But actually, although that's one arm of it, yeah, sure, that will, will help. But they also need to start turning around all of these other problems that we've already mentioned. And remember how the media keeps spinning all of this bailout and everything else. And, you know, I just saw, an, uh, quite funny, there was two articles today. One of them said, why this 96% drop is good for you, or why the 50% drop on Monday is good for you. Um, okay, yeah, sure, that's, um, that's good for you. And then we had Jim Cramer coming out saying, now it's a fantastic buy. Quick tip, I know most of you have taken my finance course already, so you're doing very you know, well at the moment with your finances, but 
one thing I, I should have emphasized is whatever Jim Cramer says on CNBC, um, do the complete opposite and then you'll probably be in a, a good position because we've got all of these articles, all of these media now saying, don't worry, First Republic, oh, it's sound now, it's a great buy. No, it's not a great buy. Even the analyst ratings show you that it's not a great buy. In fact, even their ESG rating, which you would have thought would be strong, at least to try and, you know, do something. No, even their ESG rating is weak. They're in the bottom 20 percentile. So, it, you know, right across the board, this is a weak position it's a weak company or a weak bank to buy and I definitely wouldn't keep any money there absolutely no way same with other the, some of these other banks that are in the same situation I definitely wouldn't be keeping any savings there and in fact I think those of you in the private community know I'm not keeping much money in the bank anyway at the moment I am taking that money as soon as it comes in from the different income streams that I have personally and I turn it into assets physical, tangible assets. I'm not leaving, you know, numbers on a screen, which is what they call money in the bank. It's not really anymore. That that money doesn't exist. It's not even a, a money. Something like gold, which is tangible and fungible and divisible and meets all the criteria of money. Something like gold is money. What you have in the bank is a fiat currency, which is even weaker because it's not even backed by gold. So you've got a fiat currency not backed by gold and then you have gold here. So it's sort of two levels away from real money. So that's one of the reasons with even though they're bailing out at the moment and we saw this in, with the Bank of England did, did a big bailout as well last year on the UK pension funds which was another accurate call that did happen even though people thought that was a nuts call and said it would never happen. No, the UK pension funds did fail. They had to be bailed out by the Bank of England. The second call I made on that was, you will see double digit inflation as a result. And now they're, they're shocked and surprised, all these economists every month, when inflation in the UK is still at double digits, it's still over 10%. They're baffled by it. They, they just can't figure it out. They can't figure out that by expanding the currency supply, which is the definition of inflation, that they've now got inflation. I mean, yeah, these are the, the people doing all of our financial policy. Now, the other thing with uh, First Republic is that they did receive two downgrades as well as it's not just this bank. There's a lot of other banks that have received downgrades by S&P and by Moody's as well. Uh, First Republic had total assets of $233 billion as of March 31st. That's $173 billion of loans and $35 billion of investment securities. Now, another problem they've got with these mortgages that they've got, they've got a large amount of uh, low rate mortgages on their books is that a lot of them are not on capital repayment. Again, this is another challenge, I think. Uh, why they did this, I'm not exactly sure. Obviously, there was, it, there was more profit in it, I suppose, long term. But they allowed the borrowers to simply repay, so an interest-only mortgage, for as long as a decade. Or another way to say it is, because we don't exactly know the exact products that they issued, is that some of these capital repayment mortgages, they allowed a 10-year deferment on the capital, only allowing interest. So what is going to happen now then with First Republic and other banks that are in this situation? Well, what they're trying to do at the moment is divest. We talked about this word yesterday where they're trying to divest from fossil fuels, saying that it will help 
all sorts of other things and then it will grow the economy. No, I'm sorry, but it won't. You don't need to be a genius economist with a Nobel Prize to know that divesting from fossil fuels, so highly dense, cheap hydrocarbons, which drive the economy via the energy input, by divesting that, you are not going to grow the economy. I don't know. Again, I don't know where these people are getting these concepts from. But this is what First Republic is about to do. They're about to divest 50 to 100 billion dollars of their assets. Because remember, the other thing they have to do is they have to repay these loans. They didn't just get the bailout, I guess we can call it, from the 11 banks, the 30 billion. They also, and we don't quite have the evidence of this yet, I'm pretty sure that they've used that as leverage from the Federal Reserve. So I'm sure we'll get that information pretty soon. I think that's another reason they're trying to actually divest this 50 to 100 billion. So 11 banks have just agreed to bail out First Republic, which is the one I said this week, I think is probably next on the chopping block. So they've bailed them out to the tune of 30 billion dollars in uninsured deposit. This is crazy. Now First Republic have just extended their credit line with the Fed. Again, why would you give a credit line, especially at 5.09% to a bank that couldn't manage their finances when the rates were close to zero? So what do you think they're going to do now when it's 5%? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This is just a ticking time bomb. And all these pundits are saying, oh, look, it proves they're so strong because they've been bailed out and given all these credit lines. No, they've been given the credit lines because of the new deposits that have been put in. That is their collateral in order to get credit lines. This is how loans work. It's unbelievable to me that these experts on CNBC and all these at Bloomberg and they don't understand this. This is such basic economics and they don't understand it. Now, another thing to be aware of is during March of 2023, US bank lending contracted by the most ever in history on record. This is crucial for a very important reason. And again, I'll bring you back to my finance course. If you haven't taken it, the link is in the description. But what did I talk about and why am I not in the stock market right now? whereas a lot of people have jumped back in. Well, because of this main concept, which sort of flows throughout the course, and that is that growth in financial markets and financial assets now are not driven by fundamentals. And this is why so many people in the finance space who work in that space are underperforming versus other people. And, and that is very simply because they are still working based off of fundamentals. Fundamentals aren't what drives the markets now. What drives these markets up is credit or more specifically credit creation. So when you have a loosening of, of credit and financial conditions, what we see is this growth. What do we see in, was it sort of March 2020 when we had that very short recessionary period? I was telling my clients, don't sell your portfolio because they are about to release just this huge flow of uh, credit again and you'll see it um, correct. And that's exactly what happened. We saw this massive period of growth. But now what we're seeing is the sort of end of this liquidity and this, this loose credit. And it's sort of, it's still there, but it's really drying up. So what we are waiting for is a couple of things. 
you might see a Fed pivot. I don't think it's coming yet. And I've been, again, accurate on that for the last five months, month on month, when all of these analysts have said, this month, the Fed pivot is coming. I've been very clear and I've said, I don't see that yet. And I still don't, don't see it just yet. So what we're seeing is these tightening conditions, which means that you're not gonna see this explosive growth in the markets. But once we do see this pivot, once we do see this turnaround of loosening credit again, forget about fundamentals, just focus on that. I mean, we can use Pareto's law here, the Italian statistician, but maybe you can focus 80% on creditism and 20% on fundamentals at that point. If this is sort of going over your head, you can, you're welcome to join the private community. I do a monthly macro video, it's an hour long, or take my finance course, which is about 15 and a half hours long. So it's not for the faint hearted, but it is very detailed. Now, the other thing that we've seen is a huge contraction in commercial bank lending. So that dropped 105 billion in the last two weeks of March, which again is a key cornerstone because if banks aren't lending, businesses aren't growing, people aren't financing houses and loans and mortgages, um, this affects everything. And I won't go into all of that because that is a whole video in itself, but I've talked about this before, everything from employment scarring to how this just creates this vortex and especially against a backdrop of higher rates, it's, uh, it's not good for the economy. Well, I say it's not good for the economy, I would much prefer to operate in an environment of higher rates and more fair, sound money, but uh, I don't see that for a long time. In fact, when the CBDC launches, probably around 2025, that's when you're gonna see just a whole world of craziness where they can program your currency to pretty much do anything they they want with it. So that is you up to date on what has happened just in the last couple of days with the banking sector. I stand by what I've said, even though everyone seems to have done this U-turn and think the banking sector is, is strong and fine now, I strongly disagree. I don't think it's strong. I don't think it's fine. I do think we're gonna have issues coming later on. As always, the guidance I give is exactly the same. Don't leave over the insurance level in any one bank. So if you're in the UK or USA or wherever, um, Eurozone, don't, you know, find out what that level is. And then if you have more money than that in the bank, then open another bank account with a different bank, not in the same banking group. And that is all I can really share and say on YouTube. So I don't go into the realm of financial advice and everything else. If you'd like any more information, you wanna see asset allocations, you wanna see where myself, my clients are putting our funds and diversifying, yeah, you're more than welcome to join the private community. The link is below or take my finance course. It is a beast, but it is worth it. Thanks a lot for watching. Take care, God bless, and I'll see you tomorrow.